People say less is more. At Red Barn, we think less is better. It's what you won't find that sets our natural premium pet food apart. No byproducts, no corn or soy, no fillers. Just the natural ingredients your pets need to live the healthy life they deserve. Look at the label. We want you to. Red Barn Naturals Pet Food. Simply the best. Find it in your local pet specialty store. Try our grain-free rolled food. It's protein-packed with less risk of food sensitivity. Blog Talk Radio.
Uh, I wasn't a big drinker. I, I didn't drink, believe it or not. In high school, I wasn't one of those party girls. Um, I got married. I had a baby. I did, you know, like normal suburban stuff. Had a drink here or there for celebration. I don't remember when it became more than one. I've tried many times to remember. I can't remember. And um, so I don't know when it began to spiral. Uh, I don't even remember even how I came across the blog. Ellie has the most amazing blog. <laughs> it was one craft <laughs> And I yes, she don't does. even remember how I came across that. But I started reading it, and I thought she was so cool. And at the time, still never dreamed that was an issue with me. But I followed it because in conjunction with her recovery from alcohol, she was going through uh, recovery from cancer. And I think it was tonsils, is that right? Tonsils yeah. or throat, yep. something. I just, I just thought she was so cool. And so I just, I read her all the time. I loved her. Little did I know that was God's way of <laughs> preparing my path. <laughs> Having somebody there for me when I crashed and burned, um, I did not have one of those, like, low-bottom things. None of that happened to me. So I never dreamed I was an alcoholic. What happened was um, I was drinking every day, well, I should say every night, have a really, like everybody, high-stress job. And I would come home, and I'd have a glass of wine or two glasses of wine. Again, I don't remember when it started. It did get to where I'd walk in the door. I wouldn't even walk in the door at work from work. I would come in through the garage, stop at the refrigerator in the garage, and grab my boxed wine before I even came mm. in the house and said hi to everybody. I was pouring my first glass of wine before I even greeted anybody in the house. And I would continue to drink all night. Um, the other thing I noticed after I recognized I was an alcoholic is the, the sneaky things I did. I didn't even know I was doing them, or let me just say I was in denial that I was doing them. Things yeah. like getting up and going like I'm going to go to the bathroom or go sit, but really I was like topping off my glass, topping off my glass. It was never empty. I thought I was so smart. <laughs> I did the same I, thing. <laughs> but I wasn't, I didn't even recognize that was a problem. I just, until later. And, uh, well, you didn't want to other, get cold. <laughs> I mean, you didn't yeah, want to get well, warm, so you had to warm, yeah, it. exactly. There were yeah, so many the ultimate denial. Yeah, so many things I recognized that I was in denial of. Some things I just came to grips with. Uh, I've been sober now two years and next week three months, and um, I, I'm That's still awesome. learning. Thank you. I'm still learning some of the things I did to hide my drinking. Um, 
what forced me, my story of what forced me to recognize the truth is my husband was out of town for the weekend, and I have a really good friend in California. We used to talk every day with Facebook, email, kids, busy, work, whatever. You know, we keep in touch via email, Facebook, but we hadn't actually talked on the phone in two years. So I thought, I am going to call her. I've got the whole night. I did. She was thrilled. We were talking. Um, Poured myself a glass of wine. Had been working in the yard all day long, and I deserved it, of course. (laughs) I deserved it, and I was (laughs) celebrating, and all the reasons that we justify having our drinks. Um, We had, I don't even remember how long we talked. The next thing that I remember is, this was on a Saturday night, I woke up on Sunday morning in my pajamas, my face was washed, my glass was washed and put away, all the lights were off, doors were locked, I had done my whole routine, brushed my teeth, everything. I didn't remember telling her goodbye, I don't remember doing any of those things, and I, I... I still didn't recognize it. I was like, what the heck? Why don't, oh, I was so tired, you know, excuses. I go to my um, cell phone, and there was a panicked message from her. You know, Tammy, I I just want to make sure you're okay. Um, She had called my home phone, which I'd been talking on. She called my cell phone. She sent me a Facebook message. She was in a panic, and I felt this embarrassment of, oh, my gosh, what happened? So I called her, and she said, oh, you scared me. I didn't know what happened. I was in the middle of telling you a story, and at this point where you should have been like, oh, my gosh, it was silent. She said, at first I thought your phone died, but when I called back, It rang and rang and rang. So then, of course, like I said, she went to cell phone, Facebook. I was so embarrassed. And so I went to the grocery store. I did all my things that I do. That evening, my son came over with his girlfriend for dinner, and I told them what happened. And my son was like, Mom, that is so scary. You need to go to the doctor. Um, 11 years ago, I had a scare with a brain tumor. So that was his thought. And when my husband got home from his trip, I didn't say anything to him right away. I waited until that night. Everybody was gone. He was in bed. And I went in and told him what happened, and he said the same thing. He said, you've got to go to the doctor. That scares me. What if? Went to bed. The next day, Monday, I went to work, and I opened up my email, and there was an email from my husband, and it said, do you think this could be the problem? And there was a link, and all I saw in that link was the words alcoholic blackout. And I 
freaked out. And I'm at work, very busy. I work at a dental office. We're very busy. And I don't even know why I checked my email. I don't have time to do that at work, but I did. And I thought, do I click on this or do I wait till tonight? Curiosity was there, but I was so afraid to read what mm. was there. And I read it, and it freaked me out. I mean, I was, it was that's exactly what happened. That's exactly what happened. I sent the link to my girlfriend that I had been on the phone with, and immediately I sent an email to Ellie. I didn't know who else to talk to. I was embarrassed, and I was like, you know what? She she knows all about this. Told her my whole story that I just shared. Mm-hmm. She was so gracious. She's like, okay, sounds like you had a blackout. It's not to determine today, am I an alcoholic, am I not? And she just kind of walked me through some of the fears that I had, um, told me all about an online recovery group, um, sent me the link to that. I came home that night um, and admitted to my husband that, yeah, that's exactly what I thought had happened. And from there, um, I look back, like I said, I look back at several different instances where we maybe had been watching a movie, and I would say something about it, and he'd say, we've watched this before, and I'd say, no, we, no, we haven't. And we'd argue over the fact that, yeah, we did, and I'd say, no, you watched this by yourself. And uh, there was another instance with my kids here, and <laughs> I was asking my son about something, and he just looked at me, and he looked around at everybody else in the room and said, we talked about this last night, and I said, oh. no, we didn't, and every one of them said, yeah, we, yeah, we did. I thought about all of those instances and realized this had been a regular occurrence, and I never yeah. realized it. Um, there's a lot of missing pieces to a lot of events, um, things that we had done. I never thought a thing about it. Now, like I said, all this time later, I'm looking back at so many things that point to the fact that, yeah, had a problem. Um, yeah. Buying boxes of wine because they're, not because they're cheaper, but because nobody could see how many glasses I've had. Um, yeah. Yeah. Stopping by the store on Wednesday thinking, okay, do I have enough to get me through the weekend? Ha, that that wasn't enough to get me through the weekend. It was not even enough to get me through, like, the night. So I would buy a box and put it in my back seat and leave it there until nobody was home so that when I finished off that one box, I could open the new box and put it, and nobody would ever know the difference. Those right. kinds of things. I kept doing those kinds of things. And again, retrospect, hindsight, whatever you want to call it. <sighs> I see so many things I did. Um, yeah. Yeah. So that's I just have to my tell you, I'm is. sitting here. I'm listening to you, Tammy, and I'm like feeling, like feeling all of these things. I'm like, oh, 
I remember that feeling oh so well. Like I just remember, I just it 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 was just that awful feeling. I can't tell you how many times I'll you know I go to watch a boyfriend with my uh, a movie with my boyfriend now, and I'll be and he'll say, Do you, "Have you seen this movie?" And I'll say, "Um, uh, parts of it." <laughs> because <laughs> yeah. I I don't don't think I remember a whole movie that I saw for I mean a good ten years. There it was like I would see. I would know I've seen the movie. I would know that I don't know the end of the movie or probably most of the stuff in between because I would start off with a glass of wine and by the end of the movie I'm sure I was passed out or something. And um, and also I like, you know, that I, it's interesting what you're saying, you know, I, I, a saying that I heard a long time ago was um, the longer I've been sober, the sicker I realize I was. Yes. And because oh all gosh, these things yes. pop up and you're like, oh, I was hiding that. Like, you know, oh, I forgot the box of wine in my car. No, that was very, very intentional. And it, it just, you yeah. know, just like you said, I would do the same thing. I would replace it in secrecy. And I did I did most of my drinking right loud, right, you know, out in front. I never really hid anything from anyone except for, you know, I also hid it from myself. That That's who I was hiding Me it too. from. Because, Me too. Yeah. <laughs> And in I fact, think that's you know, the, go ahead. I'm go sorry. Ahead. Oh, I was just going to say Definitely. that's like the biggest the lie, the biggest lie, biggest lie that I ever told was to myself. Yeah, and I didn't realize I was even lying to myself. I it was all justified. And you know what else I realized is um, I wouldn't go out and drink. I stayed home because a it was cheaper. B, I didn't have to worry about driving. C, nobody would be counting my drinks. Now, who's going to be counting my drinks? An alcoholic talks like that. Nobody's going to be paying attention to what it is. But see, I I recognized, and I thought, well, it's so expensive to go out. So if I if it was something I felt like I needed to, maybe a work thing with my husband or something, Oh, you know, I'd have probably two glasses before we left so that I could only have two or three while we were there and look like I'm normal and then want to hurry up and come home and have some more. Because, Mm. you know, and and I never would put myself in a situation where um, I was going to drink and drive. I would rather not go than to risk that's one thing I will say i I did not ever put myself in that situation um, another thing that i that I recognize too is because of that, I started becoming very reclusive. I did not make plans for the weekend because it cut into my drinking time um I would hang out with my, I've lived in my neighborhood for years, know all my neighbors, we'd hang out, we'd have drinks, you know, that kind of thing. That was all very normal, but again, I would I would have several before I would go out to the driveway or the neighborhood with them and then be sure that I had plenty for when I came back in. And all of that is, believe it or not, it's still so new to me, and I'm still still learning things that I did, not even recognizing that I did them. So, yeah. And I want people 
people to totally understand that your idea of an alcoholic, because I remember when I told all of my, I came out right away. I didn't want to have anybody that didn't know or like a safe place that I could drink. I wanted everybody to know because I know me. I have to do that to be accountable. The shock that people, because they all had this same idea of what an alcoholic is, and I was none of those things. And when you say blackout, I thought blackout meant pass out. And I was functioning as normally as I thought I always was, that nobody ever even knew that I was in a blackout. That's what scares me the very most, and one reason why I know I will not pick up again, because that scares the you-know-what out of me. That scares yeah. me more than anything. I read what people do in blackouts. Um, it it can be really bad stuff. And yeah. to know that you can function and be in a blackout, that scares oh, I It just, no words. Yeah. Well, just actually for our listeners who aren't familiar with what a blackout is, because I that's that's what I did. Um, you know, uh, blackout, or sometimes they can be called gray out, which I think when it's a gray out, you remember a little bit more. But a person is up, walking, talking, having a normal conversation, and going about. The, they could cook dinners, they can drive, they can do all kinds of things in a blackout not remember a single bit of it, not a single bit of it. And um, But if they, if you were to see me, I don't know, I think I was usually a sloppy mess, but there are times when, you know, I would be in a blackout and no one would know, including myself. And the scary part of it, too, is I wouldn't remember what I did. I mean, there's a, a few times where I woke up and I didn't, I didn't know where I was. Um, yeah. It's not always that bad. It can, it can, you can just be at home and have a blackout, and it can be something as simple as watching a movie and not remembering the movie. And um, you know, and I know one of the lies I told myself is, "Oh, I was tired. I fell asleep." Well, I probably would have remembered some of the movie if I was just tired and fell asleep. I mean, it's blackouts are pretty scary because you really can. That that's a that's the stuff you hear about on the on the news, you know, the bad things yes. that people do when they're drinking. And um, so, yeah, I just wanted to share that for our listeners. And they're terrifying. That scares me the most, to think what, what I could have done, uh, what I would have done if I would have continued drinking. And then there's the health issues. You know, I question my drinking. I uh, started saying, gosh, you know, I'm going to – that's another thing. I think people need to understand you don't have to drink every day to be an alcoholic, because I would say to myself, you know what, I'm drinking too much. I'm not going to, I'm going to stop drinking. I'm going to not drink for three months. And I could easily, easily go the entire time and not like have, you know, shakes or DTs or anything. I never had any of that. And I thought, well, I can't be an alcoholic because I can, I can quit anytime I want. (laughs) Right. (laughs) And the thing is, when I would drink, I was a binge drinker, and it just became binge drinking every day for me. And that's, that blackout was the best thing that could have happened to me because it, I had to recognize it because somebody else was there saying something's wrong. And then my husband 
sent me that link, everybody was so surprised when I told them I'm an alcoholic because they would say, I never saw you drunk. Well, yeah, you never did because I made sure nobody ever saw me that way because I didn't want to recognize I had a problem with drinking. Yeah. So. Well, I think I think you had showed a lot of courage um, just by, you know, being told once that um, something may be wrong and, you know, it sounds like your family was unsure, you know, because maybe you, you hit it better, well, certainly better than I did. Um, but, you know, better than a lot of people did. Um, I didn't hide it well at all. Um, but I just think it's really amazing that you got that and you acted on it. I would have, if I got that email from my husband, I would have been deny, 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 deny. And, you know, how dare you think it was that? It's definitely my brain, you know, the brain tumor <laughs> acting up again. I'm scheduling a doctor's yeah. appointment. I would have been... I would have lashed out. I know that. Um, so I, I, I really admire you for hearing that you know your friend's concern and hearing your husband's concern. And uh, dude, even when you just said you shared the the article that your husband sent you with your friend, wow. I mean, that's good for you, and that's that's really amazing. And because I know a lot of us, I I had stuff like that. I actually, after I got sober, I found a book. I forgot all about my. I was already divorced, and my husband had given me a book on alcoholism. I think he threw it at me when I was drunk, so I don't, I didn't remember it, and I had tucked it away. It was, you know, and I was just going through my office, and I found this book, and I was like, "Oh my God!" Now I remember, you know, him giving this to me, saying, "I think you have a problem." I mean, I would deny that we even had those conversations. Yeah, and you know, I will say, my husband. Um, like a lot of men, he he does not deal with confrontation. He doesn't want to bring up anything delicate because it might cause a fight, blah, blah, blah. But I did um, find out in way later that he, I had said and done things to hurt him during those times me being how I am and a lot of women are this way, if that if it were reversed the next day in, you know, the light of day and sobriety or whatever, when we have clear heads, I would have said, hey, last night, blah, 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 you did this and you said that, that really hurt me. He never mentioned any of that. And I was, mm. a, oh, gosh, I was probably a year sober before he started sharing things like that with me. And... um not to be a downer, but I do have to share this with you, too. Um, he he decided that he couldn't be married to me anymore, and he left a year ago. I never saw it coming, and I can to this day tell you, I, I never saw it coming. We did have other issues, definitely, mm-hmm. uh, but I often wonder, had I not been drinking how differently things may have gone um yeah i wish i could have another chance i wish i could have a do-over but it is what it is and here we are and i have to go forward and you will absolutely tear yourself apart with the what ifs 
and you will make yourself sick. You will hate your own guts because, and there's still things I don't know what I said and did just because people don't want to bring it up. I do know when I told my son, um, I have another, his very best friend uh, lived with us for a period of time, and I remember when I told them, I sat them down and said, look, this is what's going on, and the shock on both their faces. And my son said, no way, Mom, no way, because he had the exact same um, picture of an alcoholic that a lot of us do, and he he didn't believe it. He said, Mom, how can that be? This is what an alcoholic says and does. I said, no. People ask, what does an alcoholic look like? Look in the mirror. No mm. truer words. Yeah. No truer That's words right. because you can deny it, you can play your games and all of that, but in the end, until you recognize that's what you are, you're going to keep killing yourself. Yeah, yeah. And I give you a lot of credit for being open about that, Tammy, because it helps um, so many people to see that it's it's not, you know, the the man or woman under the bridge with a brown paper bag. That's not what an alcoholic looks like. I mean, I guarantee everybody knows at least one alcoholic in their life, active and in recovery. I mean, it's just the statistics are staggering on how many people, you know, are alcoholics. And, you know, and I think people need to, you know, stop... You know, we, that's why we work so hard at doing away with the stigma of what an alcoholic looks like. You know, it's, an alcoholic looks like you and me. I was also, you know, I had a job, I had a house, I had, you know, I had my life looked put together on the outside, you know, just oh, like yeah. you. And and um, I was actually excelled at everything. And yeah. I was an alcoholic. And just like you said, too, I'm not sure when it happened. Um, that's what, that is why they call it the invisible line. Like when I went from just being, uh, you know, it was just what you did. That is, you know, just like you, Tammy. You know, drinking was just what you did, just what everyone did. And but at some point, it became a problem for me, and yeah. and for you. And it's it, and you. There's no. I even had because I had gotten in trouble was looking for that line because I had learned about it in the classes that I had to take. And they said, you know, there's an invisible line between being a uh, a heavy drinker and an alcoholic, you know, because there's, you know, a heavy drinker or a problem drinker, you know, it can you can reverse and go back to normal drinking, but once you cross the line into alcoholism, um, it's only going to get worse, you know, that you uh, something switches in your brain and there's no going back. So even, you know, to your point, you could go a few months without drinking. I'm going to guess that when you started drinking again after those few months, you kind of went right back to where you were. Oh, yeah. You know. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the first, like, day, you know, I would I would just say, well, I'm, gonna have a, I'm just going to have a glass. You know, that brings up a really good point, too. I would get up to go to work and say, okay, when I come home tonight, I'm not going to have uh, any wine. Wine was my drink of choice. Oh, my gosh. And I would justify, you know, I would, I'd be at work and something would happen mm-hmm. and ju- I would come home at the end of the day so stressed out and I'd say, well, I had a bad day. 
or uh, my brother had a really serious motorcycle accident. He was almost killed, actually, and, you know, well, gosh, well, you know, of course it's okay for me to have a drink or five because I'm so worried, I'm so stressed. I justified the amounts that I drank, and even when I would get up in the morning, this is when I talk about red flags, getting up in the morning and saying to yourself, I'm not going to have anything when I come home tonight, and by 10 o'clock, there were nine reasons why I deserved it. Yeah. And that's just such a cycle, and it was with me. So... The rationalizing. Yeah. Our, our little brains, yes. <laughs> our little <laughs> <pickle> brains. <laughs> I deserve it because fill in the blank. Oh, yeah. Um, oh, gosh, I worked so yeah. hard, and I'm so tired, and I did so much, and I'm so awesome, and I, you know, yeah. 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 Um, I just, I, I didn't mean to, um, wait, there's, I'm just enjoying our conversation so much, and I didn't want to... Um, I wanted to not. I know it's. I'm sure it's a sensitive topic, but get back to um, just. A, I just wanted to comment on with your husband saying he wanted to leave after a year and you being taken by surprise. And um, I know that you know it. It happens. It happens um, not just with alcoholics. It just happens in life. And um, I think that's one one important thing. You know, it's really sad, and I'm sorry. At you know that's it's. It's no fun. I've I've been there myself. Um, it was uh, <laughs> well, my marriage blew up before I stopped drinking. I was it was it took me a couple of years after I got divorced, and and then it took a couple more years to to realize that oh maybe my my drinking contributed to my divorce because I just thought he was an ass. <laughs> but, yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, and, and in some ways he was, but he was a pretty good guy. <laughs> Looking back. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think, it, you know, I, I I think it's tough for pe- for people because a lot of people do go through this. But I I think one of the things that you said is, you know, your husband held things in and he didn't talk to you. So I hope you do recognize that it, whether you were drinking or not, it doesn't sound like the communication was there. And that's just, you know, relationships without communication just aren't going to work. You know, if if something is wrong. Absolutely. You know, and and people don't tell each other, you know, like this, you know, you're doing this and it's bothering me and this is hurting me. How are you supposed to know? We're not mind readers. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's, you know, how are you supposed to know that? Um, right. And, you know, and that's actually, you know, that's something, that's, I have to say, the beauty of being in recovery is I've finally learned that I am actually being selfish if I don't share how I'm feeling with someone because how can they change their react? How can they change what they're doing if I don't tell them that it's hurting me or bothering me? You know, exactly. it's not fair. So, and that it does that does suck. You know, it's it's not fair to you and and you know and I I can understand I can imagine the what ifs are like oh because of course we all have what ifs. You know, what if I hadn't done this? How would have my life turned out? But I think um, I, I, you know, one thing I've learned over time is, well, my life has turned out exactly the way that it's supposed to. And exactly. you know, I've had to go through everything that I've had to go through to get where I am today. And you sound That's like you're, exactly you know, right. <laughs> you know, 
you've gone, certainly gone through some hard times, but it's a, you know, you sounds like you're getting through things okay. Yeah, and you know that's the other the beauty of recovery. Um, I look at some of the biggest things that have happened since I became sober, and um, I look back at how those things would have played out if I hadn't stopped drinking and the timing of everything. I'm not kidding you. I I just realize how much worse all of these things would be if I had continued to drink. And, Mm. you know, I'm able to be there for people now. Uh, I want to also say to anybody that's either, you know, newly sober or, or, um, well, let me just get into self-care. Yeah. I can't say enough about. I never took care of me. Like most women, everybody else came first, all of that. It has taken me a long time, um, and I'm still having a hard time with it, as far as self-care. And I recognize so quickly now that when I'm feeling a certain way, it's because I'm not taking care of myself. I used to think that was so selfish. If I would talk to a girlfriend, I'd say, what are you doing? She'd say, nothing, I'm just reading a book, and, you know, oh, my house is this, and I need to go shopping, and I, and I would think to myself, wow, what a crappy wife, what a crappy mom, <laughs> what a crappy, yeah, I'm, oh, gosh, yeah, I'm so superior because I do all these awesome things, I'm so great. Well, guess what? <laughs> You end up being <laughs> so resentful, right? And when I care of myself, oh my gosh, it's it's still a struggle. But especially to people who are new to this, I beg every one of you to practice serious self care. If you're having a really bad day, come home, take the the bath. It doesn't matter if it's 3 o'clock in the afternoon. If you need some alone time, go take a bath. Put on your pajamas. You know, eat chocolate. Eat all those things that you deny yourself of. Uh, do it because it, it is so crucial to feel to recovery. Yeah. 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 Except for drinks. Do everything that you... Right. Right. That's a good point. Actually, that brings up a good uh, point. So you 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 mentioned um, that you know you you recognized the issue and you contacted Ellie and and you became accountable mm-hmm. with everyone. But how how did you go about getting sober? Um, you know, how did you make the decision? You know, what tools did you use? What um, how did you how did you approach it? Well, You've obviously, um, done well. <laughs> Thanks. Uh, What I mentioned before about the blackout, that scared me so badly. I knew I couldn't go back to drinking because I know me. And another misconception, people think, a lot of my acquaintances or friends, they think that once you get to a certain point that you'll be able to drink normally again. And Mm -hmm. that was something that I had to make very clear to people. Uh, we had a Christmas party here. Um, I had gotten sober in July of that year, and then that Christmas we had a big party, and everybody was like, well, don't you feel like you're to the point where you can have just one? And my <laughs> standard answer is, 
that's the problem with Tammy. <laughs> Tammy can't have <laughs> just one. Tammy can't have just one, and that's the problem. That's why she's an alcoholic. And yeah. um, I, I think the fear of what I could do uh, had I continued drinking I did. I was invited to a meeting uh, by a friend who. It, it was really cool when I shared that I was an alcoholic. The number of people that came forward and told me they were too, and I was blown away. And there was a whole new network of people that had been there before me for a long time, and they helped me through it. Everybody has their own way. I know meetings, some people have to continually go to meetings. Some people aren't comfortable with meetings. I do believe you have to find the right meeting. Uh, I personally, I've got an online community, and um, it works really well for me. I don't have a problem reaching out. I did for a long time. I kind of cocooned myself. I was in my little bubble. Uh, yeah, I can do this by myself. There came yeah. a point where I knew I couldn't. I needed to reach out when I was feeling like, mm, you know what, maybe I can have just one. So for me, it's a matter of staying connected to other people that are in recovery uh, reaching out and again the self care, those are my those are my go tos. Yeah, well that's great. Those are great go tos and they're clearly working well for you. Um, yeah, I, I that's an important thing too. Reaching out and I um, I think accountability. I always get nervous um, when I hear about people. Saying and you know and I know to each their own. I'm not judging anyone, but when I hear people say, "Oh, I haven't told like my husband or something like that," and that just makes me scared. Scared. I was going to say scared. Um, that makes me scared for them because <laughs> um, it's a, to me it, it it almost feels like well they're reserving their right to drink whether they know it or not. Um, so right. I just had to say that not to. Uh, <laughs> But I, for anyone that that is doing that, I think having accountability, you don't have to go tell the world, like, you know, you don't have to go broadcast it all over Facebook and tell everyone that you know. For me, I did the same thing, Tammy. I I had to tell everyone because I was like, I cannot have an out. And actually, Ellie described it to me. She's like, you need to build walls around your sobriety. And I was like, oh, that's a really good point. And it was, you know, making myself accountable to everyone. So if I ever think about, you know, drinking, that um, that, that there's going to be people questioning me big time. Yeah. Um, and, I, yeah. and, you know, for me, I needed to do that. But I, um, I think, you know, at least telling the people that are close to you, because I think when you don't, you're, it's, you're almost in denial, um, that you're actually reserving your right to drink again in the future, because yeah. it, to me that's that's what that that's you're you're leaving that door you're leaving a door open by um, not telling the people close to you. Yeah. And for me, I couldn't I, I couldn't have a door open. That would be exactly. like leaving a case of beer in my fridge, you know. Exactly, exactly, and uh, and that's, ex I'm the same way, I just, I know me, 
I knew that I needed accountability wherever I went and for everybody to know that if I had a drink in my hand, an alcoholic drink, <laughs> that that wasn't okay. And um, yeah. just because for me, it's, it doesn't work. Yeah. And actually, just a suggestion for those who don't want to tell as many as you and I did, um, one thing that we always recommend if someone is going out to a situation like going to a party or something where there's going to be people drinking and you're not at the place where you want to tell the world, is if you can just, if there's just one person that you can tell, just one person, you know, whether it be your your husband or your friend, you know, a, a friend, just so that they know that you're there and if at some point you need to um jet or or you know just get out you know just get out of there get away that you can go to them and say I'm not comfortable here you know I need mm-hmm. to go home you know having having that person having that that you're having a wingman I think is right. so important um for right. me I just needed it to be everybody and <laughs> but um I think that's just a really good point yeah, it is, um, and I feel the very same way. A lot of people aren't comfortable for a very long time, and that's okay. That's the other thing. There's not one path to take. There's so many paths that you can take. Some, Like I said, some people, meetings are for them. Or for other people, it's whatever, their online group. Or There's not one way that, that fits everybody. And, right. Um, you might have to try several different things to see what works for you, but keep working on what works for you because and don't let anybody tell you you have to do it this way or you're I believe it or not, in the very beginning I had people let me know that if I did not go to meetings that I was going to relapse. And yeah. I remember thinking, <laughs> Okay and you know, now I'm fine with that. That, like I said, whatever works for you, great. This is what's working for me. Sorry, my dog. <laughs> um, you know what work? This is what works for me. It's been working for me, and when it doesn't work for me anymore, then I'll figure something else out. But it, it's working. So don't let anybody tell you it has to be a certain way. Yeah, exactly, and you, that brings up a, a you know a, again another good point, Tammy. It's it's you know people will make make suggestions, and you know you definitely want to try different suggestions, find out what works for you, and if if it's working, then stick with it, and if it's not working, then then you might want to try one of those suggestions. And the other thing too is I I find that sometimes it's just it's it's great to try it all and then figure out what works best for you. Um, and in exactly. recovery, will it will you know it'll change over time, and you know some, for some people it never changes. You know, it, it, everyone has their has their own path, and I think it it is it can sometimes it can drive people away when people say, well, you have to do you know that's a horrifying statement. If you do, if you don't go to meetings every day, you're you're going to drink. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah. <laughs> no, granted, they said that to me, and I believed them, so I did for a year. You know, for a year, it was I, I went every day, um, and then you know my schedule changed a little bit, and I had to you know have some balance in my life, and 
things are you know ever changing in my life and and um but as long as you know I'm honest with myself then that you know on how things are going and then I feel okay I think that um you know what works for you is is fine you know yeah. what what for each person and there may there's I'm sure when things you know when your first, your husband first told you that there's times in our recovery where we might need to step things up a little bit you know and and that could be whatever that is stepping up meaning stepping up self care you know reaching out spending more time with you know sober friends you know when we're going through different things it's um just dealing with things exactly where you are yeah in your and recovery that whole, uh that whole, uh, oh gosh, you know, I'm not. Am I ever going to have fun again? Am I ever going to be fun again? Oh, I can't. I can't be fun without drinking. And wow, I heard in early recovery so many times. Uh, you know, one day this is just going to be your new normal, and you won't. You won't really think about it as much anymore. And I thought, <laughs> you don't understand. <laughs> you don't. You don't know me. <laughs> <laughs> and I am thrilled to say that you know at this point I don't I don't give it a lot of thought anymore. It is my new normal, and life is good. And there's still some bumps in the road, and there's still really bad days. But my go-to isn't alcohol. I don't. I just don't even really think about it anymore. And in the beginning, you could not have told me I would ever not be thinking about it every minute of every day. And yeah. that whole one day at a time, that is so true for me. Don't look at the future. Don't say, gosh, you know, two months from now, or can I make it to three months? That one day at a time is there for a reason. Get through today. Get right. through today and then deal with tomorrow tomorrow. Yeah, exactly. Absolutely, I, I agree wholeheartedly. And that really it helps, and that helps with more than just even just drinking. It, it helps with life. No kidding, boy, have I said that <laughs> on many occasions. I said, you know, this came into my life at the perfect time because it works for everything, not just drinking. <laughs> yep. Yep. Oh wow. Well, believe it or not, Tammy, we're we're almost out of time. <laughs> <laughs> I well, was wondering, yeah. you know, it, it, it's just how it is. It's it, it's been such a pleasure talking to you. Um and I really appreciate you being on the show. Um as we when we close the show, we I just usually like to ask our guests are, are there any final thoughts that you'd like to share with any any of our listeners? Any uh thought you'd like to leave with them? I think um, two, actually. One, if you're even questioning that you might have uh, an issue with alcohol, maybe um, honestly research it. There's so much stuff online now with our technology. There's so many things like this, like Bubble Hour, like the bloggers. There's so many bloggers out there. Um, read some of their stories, and, and you'll be surprised that you'll be shaking your head, yes, 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 because you know that's you. Um, mm-hmm. So if that's something that 
feel like you might have an issue with, really start looking at um, places that you can go to see if maybe that's something that you need to research for yourself. And the other thing is that it honestly does get better and better and better, even with all the other things that life throws at you. I I never dreamed that I could be happy without alcohol and without numbing to, that's just, that was my go-to. Anytime I didn't feel a certain way or I was upset or stressed or mad or whatever, that was my go-to and I didn't know how to deal with it otherwise. And here we are. And I, I just am thrilled to say that it does get better and better and better. Oh, that's just awesome, Tammy. And, wow, what a pleasure it's been talking to you. I know Ellie's going to be jealous that she missed being on the show with you tonight. <laughs> What's that? She's my guardian angel. I, I right, truly believe right. that. Yeah. Well, I we'll certainly invite that. you. We'll invite you back to be on the guest uh, to be a guest on the show again. We'd love to have you. I'd love um, it too. And well, I just wanted to say it's been wonderful talking to you tonight and hearing your story. And you've had so much to share. I'm sure um, it is going to help someone. And um, so I'm going to close the show. And so as we close the show tonight, we'd like to direct you to our parent organization, ShiningStrong.org. There you will find links to all of our resources, including the Bubble Hour and Crying Out Now and other initiatives around recovery advocacy. Visit the Bubble Hour's website, TheBubbleHour.com, to find a link to many recovery resources, including Jean's blog, Unpickled, and Ellie's blog, One Crafty Mother, which Tammy mentioned. Um, our email address is thebubblehour at gmail.com. Feel free to send us any feedback about the show, about tonight's show, or any topic suggestions. We'd love to hear from you. And we thank you all for listening to the Bubble Hour and hope you have a great evening. Um, so, good night, everyone. Good night, Tammy. Good night. Thank you. <laughs> thank you so much. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye. You share the couch, you share the remote, and if you've got a family plan with those other guys, you're probably sharing your data, but at T-Mobile, you don't have to. Now your family can get four lines with up to 10 gigs of 4G LTE data per line. You heard right, four lines, 10 gigs per line. Stream, post, and download on the network that has doubled LTE coverage over the last year and added extended range LTE with a signal that goes twice as far and is four times better in buildings. Plus, right now, T-Mobile will even pay your family switching fees up to 650 bucks or more per line when you trade in your smartphones. It's the best value for families. So get 10 gigs for all today, only from T-Mobile. Switching cost paid with trading credit and Visa prepaid card. Device purchase and qualifying service required. Card issued by MetaBank. Member FDIC. Card expires. Coverage not available in some areas. See T-Mobile store for details.